I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. Places, everyone, it's time for The, the Connor, Connor and Smith Show! Okay, uh... Thank you. Oh, thank you, Palaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are very excited about today's, tonight, this afternoon, whenever you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, tonight our guest, today our guest, this morning our guest is Meg Gillantine. Um, For those of you who do not know Meg Gillantine, you are about to learn a little bit about her. This... This was a great conversation. Meg, um... One of the best. Meg and I intersected on, um, Damn Yankees at Arena Stage. She played Lola. We saw her play Sally Bowles in Cabaret at Arena Stage. She has been in The Producers and, uh, Cats, uh... The movie The Producers. Yeah, and she is a class act, but this podcast, first half took a turn that I did not expect. Yeah, we can't wait for you to listen to it. Yeah, she went on something called a kindness tour. So please listen to hear all about the kindness tour. Yeah, and I think you're going to be surprised. It is filled with kindness. And goodwill and just... Uh, something really great for right now. That is needed. Um, so we're going to take a break and we'll be right... Right back. Just back. Back. Hi, Meg. It's Steven. Hi, Steven. How are you? Oh, my gosh. I'm so well. I'm good. I'm good. Right? We're that's, all better. We're all that's better. Fantastic. I'm here with my husband, Matt. Hi, Meg. Hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Um, and okay, just full disclosure we have two pugs who just, for whatever reason, just went Zoom crazy. So we're trying to deal with that. Okay. Well, they are playing your with, time. They're playing with squeaky toys. If you hear squeaks or barks or farts, it's probably them. <laughs> they're very hard to direct. Good. Yes. It, yes. I understand. I have three boys of my own and they're really hard to direct as well. <laughs> you three three puppies? No, I have a husband, a son, and a dog. Oh wow, all so male. Pets. All male. Yeah, I am completely outnumbered in this house. Lucky you. Um, yeah, on Where, some days. <laughs> where are you? Uh, we live in Georgia. You're in, in Georgia? Atlanta. Uh-huh. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, we moved here, um, gosh, nine years ago. Um, and, and were you recently taking like a road trip or something? I did. I recently took a road trip. I recently took my second uh, kindness tour with my dear friend, Jenny, um, during the pandemic. We took one last October for six weeks and went from Atlanta to Los Angeles and back. And on that one, um, my son, Cooper, and my husband, Jay, also rented an RV. So they joined us on that one. That's fun. Yeah, it was really fun. Well, you know, the kid was in uh, virtual school. So I thought, you know, what what better education than to go travel 
uh, the country and see where the hope is during this such a crazy, scary, trying, difficult time. And let's go help some people. Yeah, so we was, did. I was going to say, could you explain what the kindness tour is? Okay. So uh, Jenny and I, Jenny, Jenny Levison owns five restaurants here in Atlanta called Super Jenny. And her and I met, um, gosh, probably six years ago. I'm going to give you like sort of the, the history behind it first, Stephen. Okay. Is that okay? Yep. Okay. So um, we met probably five or six years ago doing calendar girls because Jenny started off as an actor then became this master chef and still does plays with, you know, every once in a while. So we met butt naked on like probably a Saturday morning at a photographer's house where we shot a calendar for the show calendar girls. Are, are you familiar with that show? I am only familiar with the movie that features senior yeah. citizen old ladies. Yes. Well, I was a senior citizen. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I was the youngest of the senior citizens. Impossible. <laughs> Characters. Yeah. So we made a calendar and Piedmont Hospital and Macy's sponsored it. And we sold the calendar and all the money went to cancer research at Piedmont Hospital. Wow. So, you know, our first day we were, you know, naked with, muffins and yarn balls and all kinds of stuff strategically placed in front of us <laughs> and um her and I became fast friends for from the same tribe um and so cut to you know last year when you know the the world came to a screeching halt we both were so depressed watching the news um just you know jobs being canceled right and left and she had restaurants that she was having to sort of pivot and luckily they had a takeout menu uh takeout sort of situation in place so it did, they didn't get hurt too terribly um and she said what if we get in an rv and go be kind to people during this really nasty time and i said yeah let's do it um i have sort of found um you know, I think it was in me all along, but a couple of years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and I found a love for service after my diagnosis because I was able to participate in a couple retreats where, um, you know, cancer patients go and, you know, they get these like weeks or weekends and you get to talk to counselors and other people that are going through it and the same thing and ask all your questions. And, you know, there's these wonderful volunteers that just come and love on you and support you. And uh, immediately I thought I've got to find some of these that I can also volunteer my time and give back and um, be with these women. So I am first to jump on a uh, service trip or project or you know anything like that so we just we teamed up with local farms across the U.S. Um, for the first one and bought their produce because you know the farmers really suffered during this time and supported their farms brought their produce bought out farm stands went to farmers market bought the entire farm stand and then told them to give their stuff away for free for the rest of the day stop yeah no I won't that's, am, that's amazing. Yeah. Is this, are you right? Are you turning this into a screenplay? Um, no, you know, I, I, a couple of times, you know, 
I'm, I've, I've written it down. I'll say that, you know, I don't know if it will turn into a book for me at some point because I've got some great stories. Um, cause if anything, you know, I, I, as we all know, I'm sure we all have the same common ground that this pandemic just made everybody slow down. Right. And so your conversations on the phone were longer with people and being out there on the road with complete strangers and being in communities that we had never been in, you know, we had nothing but time. So we just, you know, we just talk to people and how are they getting through this? And, oh my gosh, you lost your job. Oh, you lost your health insurance. Okay. Well, how, what are you doing and how can we help? And what can, you know, so really we had sort of a map of, you know, where we were going, but not exactly. And we would sort of let each community lead us to the next. Um, so yeah, we made food out of the, the food that we got from the farmers and the farm stands and all of that. And then, um, so we were making soup because that's what Jenny's restaurant is, soups and salads and sandwiches. And then we were giving out to the community in need. Um, we spent a lot of time in Lake Charles after the two hurricanes and um, did grocery bag drives and teamed up with this church that was having like a thing in their parking lot with dancing and flags and... You know, I got right in the middle of that <laughs> uh, and got a flag and jumped in. And uh, yeah, we fed firefighters in California during the Irvine fires, um, which, you know, is probably a highlight of the trip, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hard sounds, to feed some firemen. This sounds so beautiful. Um, what was one highlight and one low light, or maybe even just a favorite state or a favorite city? And maybe was there a moment where it was it was hard to be kind? And I don't mean that in a in a a bitchy way, but like you know, kind of like okay, we we we've been here long enough. We can probably keep going. <laughs> we're, we're we're done. We've we've given out enough kindness. I'm tired of being kind. Um, yeah. Okay. So let me think about that. I think probably my highlight was Lake Charles. You know, I've never been to any place that has been hit by a hurricane, a tornado, like, you know, horrifically. Um, have you been at the aftermath? No, not, no. For, not for something that no. bad. Yeah. So I was gobsmacked and my, you know, my jaw was on the floor most of the time. Um, and my favorite moment, and this is probably my favorite moment on, on that trip. Jenny and I, we pulled into the campsite and I don't know what I was thinking. You know, most of the RV parks are really nice and we got there and this one was a, a complete disaster because of the hurricane. And I didn't even really think about, you know, that, oh, it would hit the RV park too, which was completely stupid of me. Um, but glass everywhere. And, and, you know, a lot of people live in these RV parks and they have a whole setup and they have porches and I mean, they were flattened. And the entire RV park was full of electricians that had driven their RVs up and had their work trucks with them and were staying in the RV park trying to get the electricity back in Lake Charles. Wow. And we left and went to the grocery store. We were just like, you know, let's buy, you know, $1,000 worth of groceries, make a bunch of grocery bags. And, you know, we can really stand on any corner here. And people are going to come because everybody needs stuff here. Um, and on our way, there was a Domino's pizza that had a line like wrapped around the block of cars. 
And I said, oh my gosh, Jenny, that's like one of the only places that has electricity. and Everybody's getting their dinner there tonight. And I said, what if we park the RV and get out and just go pay for everybody's pizza in line? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> so we started and we just walked out to every car and gave them 20 bucks. And we're like, pizza's on us tonight. And, you know, it's so fun to watch people's reactions. You know, sure. a lot of people are like, what, what? No, 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 you're not paying for what, you know, they just, they're so surprised. Um, and, you know, some people were like super, super grateful. Some people we had to literally go, no, really, please take this money. Um, sort of beg them to take it. And I'm like, if you don't want it, pass it, you know? Next time you're at the in line, pay for somebody else's pizza. But so that was one of my favorite moments for sure. Um, that, that's amazing. I mean, <laughs> with all with everything that you're giving, are you being sponsored by Amazon? No, we're not being. We were not being sponsored. We did a um, GoFundMe for the first tour, um, and just said, you know, the type of things that we were going to be doing. If you wanted to be a part of it, you could totally donate. And we gave people an idea of how much it costs to make a quart of soup. Um, so all of that money that we raised, we spent on at the local farms and all of the kindness stuff we, we did, but the, the rest of it, the RV, we, we both paid for our own RVs and our own gas and our own lodging and all of that. So just the money that we raised went to, you know, the things that we did for other people out there in the world. That is so beautiful. Yeah. It was super fun. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I, I can just see the Netflix series, five episodes of uh, the kindness tour, the kindness tour, <laughs> the kindness tour. Well, you know, there is something sort of like that. It's he's called the kindness guy. And he had a series on Netflix. I don't know if you ever saw it. Yeah, no. I think he's maybe on season three, but he started in California and went all the way to I'm going to mess this up, but like Thailand or something. And he only relied on the kindness of strangers to get him there. So he could not accept any money, but he could go ask people if they could, would give him gas, if they would give him lodging and if they would give him food um, and to get him all the way there. And, you know, he realized that most people that have the least are the ones that give the most. And there were several stories in there that he, um, what they didn't know is that he had a lot of money. And so if somebody really, you know, the, their story really touched his heart or, you know, whatever, he would sort of wake up the next day and change their life in wow. some so way. Awesome. Yeah. Now, you have been on tour before, correct? Yeah. So yeah. You, you already know what it's like to be, I don't want to say a stranger, but you know what it's like to kind of go from city to town to city to town and, and kind of be like okay what's here what can what do we do yeah did you did you cross pollinate any of your experience of uh national tours and kind of like map out some fun things that you wanted to revisit or was that just not even a thing you know what that's so funny you asked that it was not even a thing yeah you weren't like we have to drive down to blah 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 they have got the best donuts on this city yeah block. No, I, it was not even a thing. I mean, we literally just let the conversations that we had with strangers lead us to the next place. Oh my gosh, that's so, that's so beautiful that you really took the time. I mean, that's, that's a commitment. 
Oh, well, yes, it was a commitment. But, you know, like, what else was I doing? Well, I, you know, there was like, there was, I mean, uh, my husband's an opera singer. His stuff was completely canceled. My stuff, I mean, as you know, our stuff was completely canceled. It just, I, my son's school was virtual. It just was like, I can't think of anything better right now than to pile in an RV and go seek joy. Yeah. Because yeah. it was so or depressing. Yeah. Or create and create joy. And and you know, go be just go be nice to people. And well, I mean, there is like a there is like a coffee table book from all of the people that you made a difference in their life that is, is will remember that forever. Yeah. That's well, and hopefully most- it'll get other people to you know do the same thing. I mean, it, it doesn't even have to be big. Like one of my favorite things that we did uh on this one so this last one we just went from atlanta to maine and back and jenny it was just jenny and i um the boys didn't go jay was actually performing um so they stayed here but we on mother's day went to a farmer's market and bought flowers at one of the vendors there that you know was selling flowers and went around and gave flowers out to all the vendors that were moms, whether they were mothers of dogs or mothers of people and children. And mothers this, of, yeah. Yeah, a, anybody that was a mother, we gave um, flowers to. And it was fantastic, you know, they were like, wait, what? <laughs> Everybody was so touched and surprised. And I said to my kid, I said, look, you know, you don't have to buy out the vendor, but the next time we're at a farmer's market, we should go up and buy one bouquet of flowers and then we should sit and we should people watch and we should take everybody in and see maybe who we might could change somebody's day around. If we just walked up and said, Hey, I thought you might want some flowers. Mm. That's so amazing. This is not at all how I imagined this interview <laughs> no, this would go. All of my, <laughs> this, this spoils all my questions about the cat makeup. Oh, well, okay. we can talk about the cat makeup. <laughs> no, I'm just imagining that all across America, there's like three people tonight on somebody else's podcast talking about these two amazing women that in the middle of <laughs> Idaho gave us, you know. Yeah. It's so Yeah, great. I mean, we were in Amish country and, you know, the, one, I don't know if you know about this, but um, there's a thing called Harvest Host that RVers can stay on people's property for free for the night. Most of them don't have hookups. So, you know, there's no sewer situation. Um, so you're dry camping. And, but the, the thing is that their farms or their wineries or their breweries or their museums, or there's some golf courses. I didn't stay at a golf course, but we would always look for the farms. And we ended up in a town called I hope I get this right. Bird in Hand, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amish country. The yep. absolute most beautiful landscape and people and food and just absolutely stunning. Um, and we, you know, it was a harvest host. So we stayed there for free for the night. And the, the lady who um, lived on the farm, one of her children was autistic, but was a, like a gorgeous potter. And she has pottery in her shop. And so we bought pottery and 
you know, you in exchange you for, for staying on people's property for free, you, you know, you buy something in their shop or you buy a bottle of wine or, you know, something like that to support them. Um, but, you know, then they tell us about a, um, a, a organization called Blessings of Hope that doesn't allow any food to go to waste. And so they take the food and they make boxes and they give it to people in the community in need. So we were able to donate money to that. And, you know, just like things that you just, I don't know, Stephen and Matt, it's just, you know, it just feels good. I'll say this, and then maybe this will tie you into like a little cat talk, but <laughs> you know, nothing in my life has ever been more fulfilling in my career than performing eight shows a week. It is, it is, you know, completely my jam. And I, I've never, I always feel so in the moment and completely present. And you're, you know, you're reacting off the other people that are on stage with you and the different audience every night and the different things that happen every night. And everybody's like, how do you do eight shows a week? And that's so crazy. And, you know, I live for that in the moment adrenaline because that's when I feel the most alive, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and I haven't felt that because I haven't been doing eight shows a week for the longest time until I started serving other people mm -hmm. because it just, it, it gives me the exact same adrenaline, the exact same feeling of being in the moment with these people and hearing their stories and their struggles and their hope and their what are they going to do next and where they came from and, and how far they've come. And it just, you know, it's fantastic. So. Yeah, really, it really, especially, uh, I guess, you know, during the time of so much injustice and uh, at a time when our, our, our nation was kind of polarized or maybe still is and maybe still will be, but to even tackle that, in the world and just know that you're going into I don't want to say uncharted territories but you're you're not sure exactly where who you're going to be meeting yeah that, that's so brave yeah yeah it you know but it but it was also a really great play it was I'll say this it gave me hope as I went across the United States of where our country might go right you know, we're so you know, watching the media and the news and, you, you know, it just it's it's so hard to get uh, an honest picture of where we're headed. Right. And so as we just as we drove around and we talked to people, I just thought we're going to be all right. This is all going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. We're all going to come out on the other end because, you know, I don't know if it's, I, I don't know what it is, but you know, I, what I learned most on those two tours is that you just, you know, you have to sort of just depend on your community, right? And we just have to help each other because if you wait for it to come down the line, it's, it's too late. Yeah. And so when you see a need in your community right there, right next door, you, you got to fill it. Yeah. You got to fill it. And it's small ripples and we can't, I mean, the, you know, the big thing about, Lake Charles that was so overwhelming. And maybe this will answer the second part of your question was, which was the hardest part is that I couldn't make a dent. Right. You know, it was so heartbreaking and 
everyone's homes were outside of their home on the streets. And I just, you know, I remember walking in the grocery store and saying to Jenny, I just thought, I looked at her, I said, what is, what is 150 bags of groceries going to do? Right. Right. And then I, you know, I had a, you know, you have a moment where you go, you know what, it's, it's just small ripples. If everybody just has a small ripple. Yeah. Make just a ripple. <laughs> yeah. Then somebody maybe, wrote a song about that. Somebody wrote a song about that. Um, then maybe so we you, can make a big old wave. Do you think there's going to be a, is there going to be another tour? Is, is, is this like the beginning of a lifestyle that becomes the, a foundation? Uh, maybe. Or just live in the moment? Maybe. Yeah. Live in the moment. Um, you know, this last one was a little bit different than the first one. We didn't cook as much. We did more intentional acts of kindness and actually heard different stories of people um, that we went to help or serve or do an event for. Um, you know, uh, we went to Arena. Um, I had talked to Molly and, you know, of course, you know, Molly turns the theater into a vaccine place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we went there and we gave all of the vaccine workers, you know, afternoon pick me up treats. We surprised uh, arena stage worker that had been furloughed for a really long time and um, with a big gift. Um, and, you know, we used local DC bakeries, we bought from them to support, you know, the DC bakeries and, and, you know, it was, it, it, it's, it's fantastic. It just, I don't know. So it, they were, they've all been different. I don't know what the next one is. I don't know what, where the next one's going to be or when. Um, but it's definitely a thing for Jenny and I now for sure. And they need, but, then they have to evolve, you know, that they, we just have to sort of be led and they have to evolve. I will just say briefly that um, in my day job, I work for a, a small organization that takes uh, care of a community called Columbia Pike. And that was one of the things we did in different forms. We had a feed our families program where we uh, fundraised to buy food from farmers markets and give it distribute it to uh, low income housing buildings. Mm -hmm. And then we also raised money to purchase lunches from local restaurants and take it to frontline uh, health workers. Um, and I, t I tell you that that one was going for about 14 months and it just came to an end. But just that feeling was like one of the best things in my life. And it's, yeah. it's right up there or surpassing stage uh, stuff. And so I, I get you exactly how you feel. Yeah. Um, well, if you do it again, make sure you let Stephen know how to find the the details on fundraising because we can definitely gather our peeps up here in Northern Virginia and DC to help out as well. Absolutely. And it would, sure. it would also be fun to kind of track where the kindness tour goes and where yeah. it is now. Um, well, I'll tell you this. We, we are a fast tour. We are a one nighter bus and truck. Oh, I've yeah. tried, I've tried really hard to get Jenny. I'm like, you know, if we stayed for two nights, uh, you know, it wouldn't be so chaotic, but um, we sort of have hit everything one-nighters um, for the most part. But you know, I don't. Have you ever been? Have you guys ever been in an RV camping? No. No. <laughs> Maybe that's what we should do. Maybe you should go on the next kindness tour. 
It would have to be glamping. It was well, you know what? It is pretty much glamping with the RV because you know you have your own bathroom, you have a shower, you have a kitchen. I mean, we were making gourmet soups in that thing. I know, um, but but is there decor, Meg? Yeah. Oh, okay. So Jenny and I had a thing where as soon as we landed at the RV park, I would hook us up to all the lines. She would go in and make a cocktail and an appetizer, and then I was in charge of ambiance. So I, you know, you, you pull out the awning, you hang lights on the awning. We hung uh, Buddha prayer flags. We had peace signs and flags, all, you know, stakes in our yard. You put up the camping chairs, you know, yes. I wow. come with a full set that changes wow. at every location. Cause you don't know if you're going to have a tree to wrap on something onto. I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm very impressed. I, I met you uh back in 2005 if you can believe it oh my gosh doing damn yankees at the flagship of american theater arena stage yes um you were playing the role of lola Mm. and opposite uh well actually several guests of this show uh were in that show so i've talked to both matt bogart and brad and diego oh nice um, so that was a crazy fun time. Bayer Glee choreographed. Uh, Parker was her assistant, soon to become like his own like solo arena choreographer. Right, right. Um, but it was just a, a really powerful cast. I remember that. Um, I remember the stage was real bright, real bright green. Yeah. Like footloose green. Yes. Um, and gosh, the, the the all the freaking dancing in that show was just those TVs that moved around the yeah the two lost time. souls. Oh my god! Is that the only time that you have performed in Washington? Nope. Me? Yeah. No. So after um, after Damn Yankees, I came back. I think it was the following season there and did. Uh, Sally Bowles and Cabaret. Yes, that's right. And, and, and then a couple of years later, I came back and did a vet in Mother Courage and Her Children. Yep. And and I'll I'll tell you this. But that so, was it. So I remember the Cabaret production, your entrance for Mine Hair, which made me like scared for your life because yes. you were up top of a ladder. Yes. Like really, it felt like really high up. Yeah. Um, and kind of worked your way down in heels. Yes. Through yes. the course. In, in Leducas. Uh-huh. Custom made Leducas. How nice of arena. Oh, oh my God. We had custom made Leducas for damn Yankees. Yeah. Here. Just I still like have those pink boots and I can't get my fat feet in them anymore, but <laughs> I still have them. <laughs> Every time you go to a show at arena stage, you see the shoes. Yeah. 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 Oh, right. Yeah. 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 They're shoes. Yeah. You had some, now I only got to see Cabaret once, You, but from memory, it, correct me if I'm wrong, you had some kind of incredible robe or something on oh, yeah. for the top yeah. of my hair. Yeah. And that was also something that made me nervous because I'm like, there's a lot of variables here. Oh, there's, there was a lot of variables. Yeah. And, and, and she set me up at the end. I was on my own sort of heavy side layer. Yep. little risey thing at the end yep yeah. now 
the question I had immediately upon watching that in the <laughs> show. Um, well, looking at you on that ladder, it was like, she did not get that ladder the first week of rehearsal. Oh, did no. She? no, 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 no. So you just kind of, how did, <laughs> describe to me how you rehearsed or planned for that versus when you got the letter, the ladder. And then oh what God. was that story? Oh my God. You know what, Stephen? I don't know if I even remember. <laughs> I know that, I know that we didn't, you know, I didn't have it. I mean, they may have got, might've given me an A-frame, but I think we worked that all out once we got to the stage. Yeah. If I remember correctly, because there was no, there wasn't, and that's not the first ladder I've been put on. I was put on a ladder in Mother Courage too. And Dan, I feel like he ripped me off the ladder. You know, it's a very intense little, little sexual moment, but I, I, I think he did pull me off of that ladder so you know I don't know I don't know maybe um I think I think we did it all once we got to the stage I don't know how else we would have done it and so what what I mean correct me if I'm wrong what happened for you like right after Damn Yankees was what was the next thing was it cabaret or was there something else let me think Because you had come from producers, had, right? Well, no, I had come from Fosse had just closed on Broadway. That's right. And I auditioned for, oh, no, that's not right. Is that right? Is that Damn Yankees after that? Or did I go do Pajama Game at Baltimore Center Stage? That sounds familiar. Yeah, that might have been after Fosse. Um, so I think producers was in between... Uh, a little damn Yankees and cabaret because I was living in Los Angeles. So that must've been the producer's chunk out there. Mm -hmm. And then you were also yeah. in the movie. Yes. So talk to those, I guess it's me. Talk to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doing a musical uh, in the movies, do you basically just keep, reshooting all the different angles and you know, here we go again kids and how does that work what's that day look like yeah that's the, those were long days I mean um you know the first thing that I did so Brent and I opened the movie with the usherette stuff and so that was done on the sound stage and we were um that took that took a while because that was the entire, you know, the entire ensemble cast. And, you know, they do a wide shot and then they bring it in and they bring it in closer. And then they, yeah, they do different angles. The, the best story I can tell you about the producer's movie was when we were shooting Springtime for Hitler. Um, I had this thing at the very end of it where I would come in and I would do a grand jeté and then a Sutanu turn into foites. And I would do two foites and pull into a double pirouette and land on the knee on the button of the number. But my, but my traffic went from stage right to center stage for the big grand jeté and then stay center stage for the turns to the knee. Meanwhile, Ula, who was Uma Thurman, was strutting around in a circle holding her top hat while all of that while all of that was going on but we were 
we, how do I say this? We had a hard time. Some of us had a hard time hitting the button. So every time a, a principal cast member did not hit the button, I would have to do <laughs> it trying, again. I would have to do it again and do the fortes to the knees again and again and again. And if it was a wide shot or a close up shot of said principal, some part of my body crossed into the shot. So I always had to do it. So it, we had done it so many times that I got to the point where I busted my knee open. So then I was bleeding through my tights uh. because, you know, you're in a Susan Stroman show and you have to do foite to the knee. You are not going to not land on the button. Right. <laughs> you are not going to be the reason why all, all these 500 people have to do this shot again. Right. So we it got to a point where we were having to change my tights in between every take. Oh my God. Yeah. So that was fun. Did they like patch some like new skin on you or something? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, I would rip them. Of course. Yeah. Now I, I do want to talk to you about cats. <laughs> and the reason is, is because, um, because you have a great ago. idea for a revival. No. <laughs> well. A better idea. I wanted to get your take on uh, being a cat because several years uh, ago, I was Mungo Jerry at a dinner theater here in Columbia, Maryland at Toby's Dinner Theater. Okay. And um, I could, when I, when I auditioned, I was kept watching the movie Cats at that time, whatever that movie was. And I. Just thought, God, this is a really odd show. I'm not sure if I even want to be in this show. Yeah. And then when I got in Cats, uh, I now tell all of my friends whenever someone says, oh, my God, Cats, Cats, Cats. And I just immediately turn to them and I said, when you're in that show, you can do whatever you want because you are a cat. So yeah. what, is, what was your experience as being Cats? Because, you know, I know as a dancer, uh, it must be just uh, just like being in Fosse. It must be just yeah. always exhilarating to be completely engaged with your body with music. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, I was uh, 19 when I did that show in New York. So I was going to NYU during the day and doing that show at night. Um, so that in itself was a dream come true. Um, but I... Playing, I played Cassandra, the Siamese, and you know, I did that was just butter. I mean, right. it was so fun. Yeah. And because you're a cat, um, you can get a, away. I shouldn't say get away with a lot of things, but you know, we got away with a lot of things that the audience would never know. To, right. And that, that would like keep it fresh. Like I was just telling the story. Somebody asked me about it the other day. We used to play murder on stage which is so not professional at all. Um, but, you know, if the, if you got killed, you had to drop to the ground, no matter where you were in the choreography. <laughs> and, and how was the, the kill signal? Was it a blink or a... Uh, well, sometimes it was, you know, you would see somebody just, you know, pull their hand up and give you a little pistol action and pull the trigger. <laughs> Sometimes you're in the middle of it and, you know, a big claw comes out and just stabs you in the back and you have no idea what's hit you. 
<laughs> oh my god, that's hysterical. Um, but you know, you we're cats, so you're playing, you know, and all the in-between moments. Um, we used to have um theme vows because we all had our own vows, so it would be like 80s TV show night. And so you'd have to come out and you'd have to do something that, you know, resembled an 80s TV show. And we'd all try to figure out what show you had it done. was, you know, like Magnum P.I. Um, so, God, but, you know, we but it, we all made it cat like, you know, so it totally worked. <laughs> um, but, you know, that show for me was just it was. I, you know, every people make fun of cats. People are like, you know, uh, you know, whatever. But when, when you're in it, um, it just really didn't get that much better than that for me. It just was, I was, you know, you're, it's, you're in an ensemble, but you're all individual. Right. And there's not many shows like that for dancers where it's just, you know, all the dancers are principals, you know, like Fosse was like that. We all had some sort of specialty or, you know, some, you know, our own number or a trio or a duet or, you know, we, that show, we all had our own vow. It's like those shows, I don't really know if there has been another one like that since. Contact maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Ish. Ish. Move, yeah. Moving out. Moving out. Yeah. That's an example. But so, you know, but they're not, there's not that many of them. I've only um, got, I've only got two stories about cats. One of them was one night, <laughs> one night, everybody tried to do the opening number mimicking and or impersonating someone famous. And I remember the very opening downbeat of like Monka Strap. Is it Monka Strap? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Monka Strap was like, he was trying to be shared. He was like, oh, you're born when you're born. <laughs> and then That's during, awesome. and then during um, memory, our Grizabella one night stepped on her tail Oh no. And it snapped off. Oh no. Now you're looking at sort of almost a naked cat on stage because she's just yeah. there in her tights. Yeah. And um, <laughs> one of the cats crawled over to her and picked up her tail and wrapped it around her neck like it was a boa. Oh no. And of course, <laughs> and of course, if you don't know the show, it like makes some sort of sense. Like it yeah. was some sort of ceremonial. Loss. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that's what happens. You lose your tail before you go to the heavy side layer. <laughs> did you did you have to did you have to cover another cat or was it just the Siamese? Uh no, I well I did the Siamese and then I covered Bombay Urena. Yes. But you know, we were always that we were on stage cover so we you know, if an emergency happened then you know, Cassandra would have just sang it and the Siamese costume but other than that you know they had swings that would go on first before we would actually they would take us out of our own part to go do somebody else because it was so dangerous because that stage at the winter garden was raked in like three different directions oh no so our your body would get my body got so used to being on the rake you know during the choreography at certain moments and, and uh, the muscle memory would, you know, I, I knew exactly where the floor was, right? And there was one show where I went on for bomb and I was at a different part of the rake. You know, she's in a different spot in the choreography and different spacing. There's the word spacing, it's been a while. Um, <laughs> and I got injured. Oh no. Yeah. Easy to do on a rake, especially in a dance show. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's that, that was, that was tricky, 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 that set. Um, 
but I will tell you, <laughs> you'll enjoy this, Matt. So who is it? Um, McCavity comes out, right? Yeah. And, but he's dressed as somebody else. I can't remember what cat he's dressed as. Maybe right. he's trying to, uh, he's, you know, he's trying to be somebody else. Right. And he stands center stage and, you know, we're all like, you know, we sense it. Something doesn't smell right. This isn't really like something's going on. You know, we're all sort of being a little skittish about it. And that particular night, the guy that was playing McCavity went to grab his, um, you know, his, his disguise wig and mask and pull it off. But when he did, he went too far and he pulled everything off. So he pulled his, he pulled his McCavity wig off as well. And all he had on was a wig cap. <laughs> And he's, you know, he doesn't know that it's happened. And so he's like, McCavity. <laughs> we, we were all like, you know, the thing was anytime anything happened that was funny, everybody on stage would always drop their head and lick their armpit. Like they were licking, like they were licking their leg, right? right. We we're all on our hands and our knees. So you would drop and you would lick your armpit and that's how you would get away with laughing on stage. <laughs> So oh all of a sudden you see the entire cast just like drop and lick. <laughs> oh my God. That's just, we had one girl that would always write someone's name in her makeup. And oh, during wow. the show, she would find a way to show you that she had written her name. <laughs> I mean, it was very small letters. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. See, you can get away with a lot and nobody, 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 nobody would ever know. Well, we actually figured out a way that after we captured McCavity, I think there's maybe only three numbers left at the end after that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, it's not far off. Yeah, we would go and capture McCavity, run off stage, and do shots. Oh, wow. And then we would yeah. come back on stage because we didn't have to do, do anything else but the ending as yeah. our track. And we would just lay there and be like, oh, wow. This is getting oh, good. Mr. Coldy. Yeah. Isn't that <laughs> horrible? Like, yeah. Kids. No, it's not. Kids don't do shots. Well, we, we, were, we were at a dinner theater. I mean, there was food and drinks. Yeah. Kids you, were, you just didn't want anything to go to waste. Uh, yeah. I'm, you just did. You I was being... raised well. Well, yeah. also, what he's not told you is he was doing cats for six months on a concrete floor. Oh. It wasn't concrete, it wasn't sprung. Well, it wasn't sprung, but it wasn't, we were not in a parking lot. I mean, it was, it was, it was very uh, punishing. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Oh. My, my turnout turned back that, in. Yeah. That hurts my knees just thinking about it. What is, what's, yeah. what's coming up for you? Can we talk about anything <clears throat> that's happening now that I see that the time is already at 45 minutes? We got the to wrap oh yeah. The kindness tour is over. Um, well today, well, you know, so being creative artists that we are, you know, you, um, well, you guys are still writing musicals through the pandemic, aren't you? Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Well done. <laughs> um, so I've, you know, I think ever since I became a mom, I have found, you know, other things that I enjoy doing um, and have my hands in a lot of different buckets. Um, so today, for example, I was a mom this morning. And then I went and did, was a food stylist and set designer for a cookbook um, <laughs> that's coming out. That's awesome. Um, and then I went shopping for tomorrow's shoot after and then came home, had dinner with my family. 
this with you guys. And I'm currently sitting in my office in a FBI sort of ensemble because I have two auditions to go put on tape after this. Oh God. Well, let me, let me, let me just wrap up with some lightning round questions. This is our okay. wrap up. Yeah. And Meg, you know, we are really excited about our next project coming up because we are writing a show based on the five women of Jack the Ripper, but it's with Ooh. this physical company that. Oh, Phonetic. Uh, is... Yes. Yes. So. Yes. You know what? I had never seen them before. <clears throat> until when I was doing Mother Courage, the guy, Dan, that was on the show with me, um, used to perform with them. And he was like, you have got to go see this company. You would absolutely flip out. And I can't remember what, they were doing a Shakespeare piece. I can't remember what it was, but I have never been in such awe. Yeah, I worked with of them storytelling. Once. And they changed my life. And I'm so excited that we are writing with them because it's almost like a, a, a Cirque du Soleil yeah. feeling. Is it silent? No. no. Okay. Uh, ours is going to be the, the, well, currently we're not really quite sure, but right, we have written songs. It's a movesicle. It, and it, it currently musical. takes place <laughs> in, in a real historical asylum in the UK based on a true story that about possibly one of the jacks that was a suspect oh and it all springs from the asylum back to the streets and recreating things but he never really leaves <clears throat> the asylum oh so it, cool it's gonna look like a gaga video <laughs> Col color me jealous that sounds awesome <laughs> all right stevie go lightning round all right so oh, okay. meg Dillantine, who would yes. play you in a movie charlie theron done <laughs> I've got her on speed dial. Oh, good. Thanks. Um, what's right. the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Oh, trust your guidance system. Very good. If you had to teach a class on one thing, what would you teach? You got to mind your manners. Mm. All right, and wrapping up here, uh, there. everybody has been kind of like learning new things during pandemic. Some people became bakers, some people learned a language. Did you learn a new skill set during the pandemic? Oh gosh. Um, I, it might be RV. Um... <laughs> RV, I learned how, oh yes, you know what I learned how? We broke our sewer the first day out on the RV tour and I, fixed our sewer wow oh my god yeah. I, I need meg in our life i'm so <laughs> impressed <We moved> to <laughs> atlanta you can there's a you know what there's a lot of places to do some good theater here yeah well we should take some of our good theater down to their good theater second you question should, you wish yeah uh it, did you binge any shows that uh that was like oh my god i now have the time to watch the crown uh yeah i just i'm embarrassed to say this but i just started the handmaid's tale We've I've not watched it. We we don't <gasps> get to, we don't have time to watch much. Oh. Yeah, the handmaid's tale. I it's, I can't look away. It's I was it's... too afraid to watch it. <clears throat> yeah. Right, Steven. Okay. And finally, um Matt is producing our friend Susan Derry's upcoming holiday album that's called I Wish It So. And we've been asking every one of our guests if they had one wish, whether it's for themselves, their family, the country, the world. Top of mind, what is your first wish? 
Wow, you know how to end it on a doozy, don't you? Yes. We're professional um, podcasters. Yeah, you're totally <laughs> professional. Um, oh, my gosh. Oh. Um, Maybe this is something you learned while you're out on the road. Yeah. You know, my one wish for myself and my tribe is that we, and this is going to sound so cliche, but that we live every day like it's our last because I've had that scare and um, I, I, I wish for all of us that we could continue the slowdown that the pandemic brought us. Mm-hmm. Um, and continue to listen with big open ears and big open hearts and big open eyes because most likely the people that are closer to, closest to you are suffering in some way and you just don't know it. And I right. feel like if we listened harder, um, we could help the people right next to us. Right. Um, and people, speaking of the people right next to us, I just have a quick surprise for you. You went to uh, high school with a buddy of ours who just happens to be here. Say hi to Ryan Dean Halbrook. <gasps> no way! What's up, Meg? <laughs> What's up? It's been a long time. That's awesome. What are you doing there? I I live here, and you know we've hung out since college, basically like every night. So I'm just here, and I was doing the Sudoku, listening to the podcast. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. That's so fun. I just spent a lot of time with um, Justin Patterson. Oh, cool. He's yeah. in photography now, yeah. Cool. He's in photography, yeah. But he unfortunately, he lost his mom and his dad. Oh, I had heard about that, actually. Yeah. That's really sad, yeah. Yeah. So Cindy, I right? just been. Sorry? It was Cindy, right? Cindy, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've, I've uh, been over near the brook lately. Oh, my. So. Yeah, I know. Just chill. Things are changing. Things are changing over there. A uh, very good uh, to hear everything you're up to. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. And it's- thanks for having me on the podcast, boys. Absolutely. And I think everyone should take you know a, a little tip from this and get on your own kindness tour. And if you are on the unkindness tour, switch direction. Pull over. Switch. It's it's the, you know there's there's no better time than now to switch it up. Yeah. Yeah. Switch it up. Well, thank you so much for your time, Meg. We really appreciate it. Love yeah. you. You got it. Love you. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you, Meg, so much for your time. That was a great interview. It was a great time. It's probably the most we've ever talked. You know, when you're in a show, you talk about stuff, but not sit down and chat about life. Yeah, but she was also a Lola, and I was also a chorus boy, an understudy of the Joe, Matt Bogart, a former podcast guest, and also Brad, Oscar, and Diego Prieto, former podcast guests. You can go look at their, look at their, listen to their earlier episodes. Um, We call it uh, Listen and Google. Listen and Google, always a good plan. Um, If you ever want to know more about us, because, you know, who do they think they are? Uh, Go to the website, www.connor, with an E-R, 
ConnorSmithMusicals.com. That's ConnorSmithMusicals.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Connor and Smith. Um, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out a lot. Um, and we hope everyone's having a happy Pride. Uh, Meg is an ally, as are all guests on this show, because we wouldn't have it any other way. And so, as we always say, turn your heart into art. Bye, everybody. Thank you.